Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I was just out and about. Thought I'd see if anybody wanted to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast's daily NBA show. Featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. Happy Valentine's Day, basketball betters. Hopefully you have enough time today to make some bets and get down on some NBA. Um, If you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you've carved out some time to gamble on the NBA tonight, regardless of your uh, significant other's hopeful plans. But uh, I have three best bets in the Monday, February 14th NBA slate. Um, I was... 11 and 7 last week. Uh, my 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 yearly records 53 and 38. I actually did a special Saturday podcast where I gave out five best bets, the highest that I've given out yet on any bet slipping podcast and uh kind of got my ass handed to me. A lot went 2 and 3 in those best bets. Hit with the Kings minus 160 as they beat the Wizards 123 to 110. Whiffed with the Cavaliers plus three and a half. Um, they lost to the Philadelphia 76ers outright. I took the Raptors minus four and a half at home against Denver. They lost 110 to 109. I went under the Brooklyn Nets team total of 105 and a half. Um, they lost the Miami Heat 115 to 111. They scored 35 points. Brooklyn did in the 40 in the fourth quarter to go over their 105 and a half team total. And then I took the Los Angeles Clippers plus six and a half, uh, which covered and won for me. Um, they beat the Dallas Mavericks 99-97. So didn't finish the week strong, two and three. Still had a winning week. Still um, up 15 games uh, on my overall betting record here this this year, 2022. Um, and again, I have three best bets. My three best bets for the Monday slate is Kings minus 140 going back to the well with them um, as they're visiting the Brooklyn Nets. I'm going to take the New Orleans Pelicans plus three and a half as they play the Toronto Raptors and they host the Toronto Raptors. And then I'm t- laying the three and a half with the Bulls as they host the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, before I get on to those handicaps or cover those games, let me sh- quickly shout out the sponsor of this podcast, Tipico Sportsbook. They're a global sports betting leader, and they're now live in New Jersey and Colorado. You can make your favorite sports more interesting with Tipico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users from this podcast can get a special welcome bonus. You get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions do apply, though, and you must be 21 or older to game. So please see Tipico's website for details. Also, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. Please remember to gamble responsibly. Okay, so again, nine-game slate, Valentine's Day, Monday, February 14th. We'll focus on my first game here, obviously. Um, I'm going with the Sacramento Kings, which is minus 140 on the money line, according to Tipico, as they visit the Brooklyn Nets at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. 
Nets are 29 and 27. They've lost 11 straight. Um, they're two seven and two against the spread in those are the last eleven. Sacramento is twenty two and thirty six. They've won back to back games, and they actually have won both games since acquiring uh, power forward Demontis Sabonis last week. Uh, Sacramento actually upset Brooklyn one twelve one hundred one at home uh, February second in a game that pretty much marked the end of James Harden in Brooklyn. If you remember, he had like four points on terrible shooting and just looked disinterested in that game. Uh, but I'm back in the San- the Sacramento Kings minus 140 for pretty obvious reasons, first of which being they're trending in a better direction than Brooklyn. I still think Brooklyn is on the downside, even though they got rid of Harden and added Simmons, Curry, and Drummond at the trade deadline. Uh, Brooklyn's also got a lack of continuity, continuity with these new pieces, Kyrie Irving being out of the lineup and KD still being out of the lineup. And it's a bad spot for the Nets. Plus, Sabonis is dominated in Brooklyn. So, to dive deeper into that, uh, Sacramento has uh, is ninth in ATS differential over the last two weeks, whereas Brooklyn is thirtieth or dead last in ATS differential at minus nine point four over the last two weeks. Again, they are missing Kyrie, KD, and. Um, are integrating new pieces that they picked up from that Harden trade. Seth Curry is projected to make his first start for Brooklyn, um, but he has been a little injured since the middle of January, dealing with, I think, a leg issue. He's missed six games since um, January 21st and and has, has shot poorly and just played poorly over that time period. So we don't know um, how Seth Curry's going to look in his first game for Brooklyn. Um dealing with an injury and and trying to, you know, figure out his spot in this in this on this new team. Um also again, Ben Simmons is yet to be available for the Brooklyn Nets. It's also a bad spot for Brooklyn. They're 1 and 3 straight up um as a home underdog and they have a minus 10.5 margin of victory in those spots. They're also 1 and 3 against the spread and are um Minus 5.1 ETS differential as a home dog. They're also 3-7 and seven against the spread at home versus losing teams this season. I mean, the Nets, even with KD, just weren't covering games at home. Also, Sabonis has dominated the Nets um, this season. He played two games against the Nets while playing for the Indiana Pacers. In those two games, he put up 24 points per on 71% true shooting, which breaks down to 63% from the field, 40% from three, 80% from the line, added nine and a half assists or nine and a half rebounds, eight assists, and had a plus 12 net rating in those two games versus Brooklyn. Brooklyn's front court, as we know, is pretty atrocious. Um, didn't really get much better by adding Andre Drummond. He can get some rebounds, but can't play any D. I think De- De'Aaron Fox should be able to continue his. Um, strong performance over the past few games against uh, against a uh, 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 Brooklyn backcourt, which can't defend very well. And it's going to be without Kyrie Irving because it's in Brooklyn. Patty Mills is a good outside three-point shooter, or three-point shooter, pretty good defender. But again, Seth Curry, not a very good defender. And um, and and the Brooklyn Brooklyn as a team is just a terrible defense. So let's go with the Sacramento Kings. They also play really well against bad teams, and the Nets have been pretty much the worst team in the NBA over their 11-game losing streak. So let's book the Kings minus 140. It's a it's a 
it's a big money line um, to a big, um, big expensive money line to lay. But I hope I built some credibility with taking the Kings minus 160 and just having a, a profitable season so, so far this year. My second game that I like, I'm going with the New Orleans Pelicans plus three and a half as they're hosting the Toronto Raptors. Um, the Pelicans are plus 130 on the money line. I also sprinkled on the money line. Um, this sounds square probably, considering I just, just took Toronto a couple days ago, and I'm now betting against them. But I actually have a, a ticket in my account at plus 2,000 for Toronto to win the Atlantic Division. So um, I wouldn't hate if they won this game but covered the number, even though I sprinkled on the money line. I just... I just see the value in New Orleans in this spot. Toronto just had a seven-game win streak snapped by Denver Saturday in a game we lost on, as I previously mentioned. New Orleans has lost back-to-back home games entering this game to Miami and the San Antonio Spurs. Um, And Toronto beat New Orleans 105-101 at home January 19th, or January 9th, excuse me, but couldn't cover a a 7.5-point home favorites. But I like New Orleans in the spot because... Toronto kind of thrives off easy hustle buckets, um, and New Orleans does a pretty good job preventing those like miscellaneous um, points. And what I mean by that is Toronto scores a ton of second chance points per game, paint points per game, and fast break points. They they love to attack the ga- glass, get out in transition, and um, attack the paint as well. But New Orleans is top seven in second chance points, fast break points, and paint points per game allowed. Also, New Orleans just has a, um, uh, an, an, an edge on the rebounding or on the glass. They're plus 2.8 rebound margin per game um, versus Toronto's plus 0.5 rebound margin per game. Also, New Orleans is sixth in points per miss, um, according to cleaningtheglass.com, which is just like, you know, offensive rebounds and putbacks, whereas Toronto's 29th in points per miss allowed. Uh, according to cleaningtheglass.com. Also, I just think like New Orleans matches up pretty well. Like their rosters match up pretty well with Tor- Toronto. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas is a big that should give Toronto's front court issues. Toronto um, has was real deep at wing with Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, and Scotty Barnes, but. None of those guys are starting centers, and they all kind of like play the center role, the interior defensive role for Toronto. So Jonas Valanciunas should be able to control the glass and 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 the interior in that game. Plus, Brandon Ingram plays very well against Toronto in his five games um, against Toronto since coming to New Orleans or going to New Orleans. He's averaging twenty five points, um, six. Point four rebounds and five assists over those five games. McCollum has played well versus Van Vliet, um, the point guard for Toronto. McCollum's averaging 21.4 points per game on roughly 50% shooting and eight head-to-head meetings with Van Vliet. And Devontae Graham is a quick on-ball defender that can do a pretty good job staying in front of Van Vliet, even though he got cooked in their first meeting, um, uh, the first Toronto-New Orleans meeting this season. Also, there's some reverse line movement in Toronto's direction. I wrote this up for sportsbookwire.com this morning, and as I was writing it, Toronto went from a four-and-a-half-point favorite down to a three-and-a-half-point favorite despite roughly 90% of the money coming in on the Raptors, according to cleaning the glass sock, or according to pregame.com. Excuse me. Anytime you see reverse line movement or when the odds makers 
sports books make the more popular side interesting that should raise your spidey sense and and raise red flags so let's uh let's follow the line the reverse line movement in new orleans's direction and take the pelicans plus three and a half Um, my final best bet here something that i added before we started recording i didn't write this one up at sportsbookwire.com the other post that i wrote was for the houston rockets utah jazz i more lean to the over in that game don't have a play in the sides but Found myself uh, taking and liking the Bulls. Uh, minus three and a half right now is what it's currently at at Tipico. Minus three and a half Bulls over the San Antonio Spurs. Bulls are 36 and 21. Spurs are 22 and 35. Um, San Antonio has won back to back games. They beat Atlanta and New Orleans. Chicago, though, has won three straight. They beat Charlotte, Minnesota, and OKC. Um, San Antonio actually beat Chicago 131 to 122 January 28th as two point home favorites. I believe we were on that game and I believe we took the wrong side and took Chicago. Um, so we're going back. We're taking Chicago to even the season series with San Antonio or split at 1 1. I think two things should regress for San Antonio from their first meeting with Chicago their three point shooting and offensive rebounding. Um, San Antonio hit 43% of its three-pointers against Chicago in their first meeting, which is just a number that's, that's significantly due for regression. I mean, if if San Antonio shoots 40% or better from three, then we can pretty much rip up our Chicago Bulls ticket. But I don't think they will shoot better um, this this game. I, I think they'll they'll get closer to their uh, to their to their average three-point percentage. Also, they rebounded uh, offensive rebound. Uh, rate San Antonio had in their first meeting with Chicago is at 23.3%. And uh, Chicago actually has the fifth best defensive rebounding rate in the league. Um, San Antonio really killed Chicago in the offensive glass. So I don't think that should happen, especially when that's an easily fixable mistake from one game to the other. A head coach, Bulls head coach Billy Donovan can easily point to the offensive rebounding rate for the San Antonio Spurs and just be like, yo guys, we gotta we gotta do better on the glass. And that's a an easy thing for a team to to understand and 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 uh and to incorporate into its game plan. Also, Bulls wing DeMar DeRozan has just been unbelievable lately. This dude is averaging thirty five points per game on fifty six percent shooting in February. And like last time, he should be motivated to play his former teams. Uh, DeMar played for the Spurs for a few seasons before joining Chicago. In the first Spurs-Bulls meeting this season, he put up 32 points on 60% shooting. Uh, Both teams like to operate in the mid-range, but Chicago is just much better in the mid-range. They both shoot a ton of mid-range field goals, uh, but Chicago's got the sixth best defensive field goal percentage versus mid-range jumpers, and San Antonio's 28th. Um, versus defense uh, mid-range jumpers and with a uh, defensive field goal percentage. Also, uh, Vegas or the odds makers, whatever, are projecting this game to be close. You know, the Spurs have gone from five-point underdogs to three-and-a-half, um, down to three-point favorites on some books. Um, and if it's a close game like the odds makers are projecting, then that definitely favors Chicago. Uh, Chicago's 18-11 straight up in clutch time, which is defined as games within a five-point margin inside of five minutes to play. And they have a plus 18.8 net rating in those games. San Antonio Spurs, however, are 7-17 and straight up in the clutch with a minus 17.8 
net rating. Also, I think there is some reverse line movement on this one as well. More money is coming in. Excuse me. Let me make sure that betting split or that betting note is accurate still. Um, excuse me. This is a pros versus Joes game with the pro side on the Spurs and the Joes, me, in this case, back in the Bulls. But I just think the sharp side's being too sharp for their own good. And um, the other Bulls wing, Zach Levine, I think is supposed to miss this game. And he's obviously um, important to Chicago's um, playoff hopes and 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 um, just like him not being their lower Chicago ceiling. But I think for a one game, DeMar DeRozan can step up. Um, their point guard, AO, uh, rookie point guard who's replaced Lonzo Ball, AO Dosuma, I think that's how you pronounce it, is phenomenal. Nikola Vucevic has played very well lately. So I'm going to go with the public, fade the Sharps. I think they're being too sharp for their own good, and I'll take the Bulls minus three and a half. Those, those are my best bets for the um, the Monday, Valentine's Day NBA slate. Just a quick recap on those. I'm going with the Kings minus 140, visiting the Brooklyn Nets. I'm taking three and a half points in the New Orleans Pelicans as they host the Toronto Raptors, and I'm laying three and a half the Bulls hosting the San Antonio Spurs. Best of luck, whether you fade or follow me. <laughs> Best of luck to all the fellas and the gals out there with their Valentine's Day plans. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace. Thought I'd see if anybody wanted to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Show featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire.